This is The Light Inside. I'm Jeffrey Biesecker. Well-being. Research has revealed that this often overlooked yet essential element is a core value of personal growth and sustainable success. Somatic coherence is an evidence-based framework that dramatically changes how we manage our day-to-day stress. It's also a very necessary piece of our well-being puzzle. We receive regular emotional signals from the soma, meaning of the body. Emotion is the word we give to a synergy of experiences, both somatic and cognitive, that form how we feel in response to the world. Everyone can benefit from learning how to become better in touch with the rhythm of their own nervous system, especially those who experience chronic stress or trauma. This integral element of our overall well-being is frequently seen as essential in nature to all human beings. So just how and why might somatic coherence matter concerning your continued well-being and success? As we revisit our most valuable episodes in our year-end review, this one was a home run for our listeners. Renowned author and motivational coach turned speaker, and hence, shares her transformative emotional release techniques in this ever-popular episode, giving us direct insight into how she achieved significant life-altering effects utilizing this knowledge. Tune in to find out why somatic coherence matters when we return to The Light Inside. Welcome back to the Light Inside podcast. Thanks again for joining us. As always, we're grateful to have you along for the ride. I'm super excited to share this conversation with today's guest. Anne Hintz has developed the incredible ability to sense inside her body, releasing the physical tension stored in her connective tissue, using solely the focus of her mind. Utilizing what she calls insight, Anne has used this essential skill to overcome the physical pain and adversity of scoliosis, healing and shifting her body's alignment, as well as erasing years of trapped energy stored in her body, resulting from the painful loss of her mother, having discovered her face down in a family's bathroom floor at the age of 19. She teaches us how understanding our energetic signature is our pathway inside creating a greater sense of awareness and our ability to heal ourselves. Leaning in today, Anne wants us all to know that we have this incredible power within us. And with a little practice, you too can harness these abilities. Join me now as we say a big hello to Anne. Hi, Jeffrey. Hello, Anne. How are you? I'm good. And you? Fantastic. (laughs) Good. Happy New Year to you. You too. I am so grateful to have you with us on The Light Inside as we launch into what will become our second episode for the season. Okay, it's lovely to be here. Thank you. It's lovely to have you. Today, we're going to look at how our overall somatic experience plays into shaping such a crucial role in our state of being and how our core energy guides this process. Yes, Let's do it. (laughs) (laughs) As you've said in the past, when a soul is comfortable, free and relaxed, it's more likely to hang around in this body. I love that as our starting point today. I'm going to throw this out there. 
how are we being comfortable in our own skin starts from deep within us. I think most of us are not comfortable in our own skin. And we've been conditioned to believe that. You know, that is part of where we're going to go today is we've been led to believe all of these things that we think are signaling and telling us how we're not comfortable rather than moving into that alignment. We're going to look at how this simple act of acceptance plays such a crucial role as we get further into this conversation. You know, let's begin by looking at what are somatic experiences or that body experience. The term somatic refers to an approach that highlights the experience of one's body. You know, how are we being as an integral system? Let's look at that from this, you know, starting the discussion Looking within, you know, in order to be in rhythm and flow and sync in coherence, how do you feel, you know, we start to form this relationship? Well, it's an expansion of awareness. So to begin with, I wasn't aware of how I felt at all, right? So the somatics was not available to me at that point because I had suppressed everything so much. So it took work, it took dedicated work, and I use the technique called EFT, to become aware at those deeper and deeper levels. So first of all, I was really just aware of words, of things that had happened in my past, but I wasn't aware of how I thought about them. And as I released the layers, I became aware of the emotions. And then I released more layers and then became aware of the physical sensations underneath the emotions. So then I could work with more somatics. So I could actually feel my feelings. I actually worked on feeling my feelings and allowing them to exist, allowing myself to feel them because I had suppressed them. I had actually held them in. So it was a new experience to actually feel those feelings and allow them to just express from my body. And that is an expansion of awareness, right? So now at this point, I can actually hold my awareness even deeper, actually inside my body on the connective tissue, which is a deeper level of awareness. I can feel at a deeper level. So it's an awareness that's not available to everyone to begin with. We aren't necessarily attuned to it. You know, these aren't magical tasks that we luck upon. They're things we're inherently programmed with. And then through our interactions, through some of our upbringing, we're deprogrammed from in most senses. Yes, we're suppressing it. We, we just yes. hold it inside of us. But all those experiences, like the, the emotions and, and those memories are actually stored physically in our body. I believe in our connective tissue. So yes. it, it's all somatic work. It's all feeling work, even though we're not aware of it to begin with. Bringing that into our awareness is crucial. And we'll get to that as we go along here. You know, let's look at some of these roles as we begin to look at that aspect of being programmed to disconnect from it. Emotional self-regulation to me is leaning into that role of where we're starting to unravel some of that fiber that's already connected. You know, we're starting to form that disconnect out of that emotional relationship. We are when we're disconnected all along, right? Uh, one of the real connection, disconnection things that I've realized over these years is that just the words, right? The word for anger or sad, right? When we're children, we're actually feeling that in our body. We might be feeling fear and we might be feeling that in our solar plexus, right? We're holding ourselves tight, trying to protect ourselves. And our parents say, oh, you're afraid of something. 
And then we get disconnected. We start to use the words, I'm afraid of something, and we forget about those physical sensations. So that's a disconnect. And we, we just keep going with that. So um, actually doing the somatic work, actually feeling those feelings and letting them go actually reverses that process. Now we look at how that process begins as little kids regulating their emotions. They may need to borrow the calm from the adult. They're borrowing these feelings that are projected outward from the adult. If that adult doesn't have that self-awareness, that doesn't have that ability to self-regulate, then the child simply becomes that mirror. We're taught not necessarily an inappropriate response, but an ineffective response. Learning that reaction based on what's known as operant conditioning. We are going through that pattern of reward and punishment for our behaviors. Looking at it from that regard, you reap what you sow is the prevailing belief. We start to see what the adult's exhibiting and we just simply reflect that. We do. We're programmed and we just, I, I believe we're actually programmed in that we attract it back to ourselves and we, we don't intend to do it. We don't want to do it. You know, the positive psychology where people are saying, you know, you've got your thoughts, you're in total control of your thoughts. Well, you're not really. Most of that subconscious programming, we just find ourselves replaying things over and over again. And that, that was part of my story. So when I, once I started to release the emotions around the thoughts that I was having and my mind became quiet, I could look back and say, oh, those thoughts that I had, those words that I used to criticize myself and judge other people, they were programmed from my dad in childhood. But I had to get to that place where they were gone and I could look back and see, oh, they were his words. And we're looking at that programming and conditioning. That becomes that repressed emotion that gets trapped there. The energetic signature of it is crucial. You've mentioned that. Let's look at that and where this energetic signature is formed. I believe it's, it's stored in childhood. And I actually think, if I go really deep into my experience here, what, how I think it's formed is we experience something in childhood and we actually hold our face, our fascia in our face in a particular position. So we're not expressing, we're not really feeling the feelings, we're, we're holding them in. So we might have a facial expression of shock and we don't know how to let that go. So that actually tightens up the connective tissue. It gets stored in the connective tissue right there and it becomes part of our signal. So that signal we're emitting all the time, it's actually part of us, but we don't realize it. It's part of us, it's affecting our future until we recognize it and start to work with it and let it go. And I think you're probably an expert at that. From what I, heard. <laughs> I don't know about expertise. To me, I, that's a claim state. You know, expertise is subjective. I do have some thoughts on that. <laughs> you know, let's look a little deeper today where that rhythm that energy might begin. You know, we look at this notion of the heart being the center of our being. From that heartbeat comes our heart sinus rhythm. That's that node of electrical pulse electricity that travels throughout the heart muscle, causes it to contract and beat. You can think of our sinus node of the heart as the natural pacemaker, the natural source of all of this body energy that then eventually travels through and gets trapped. We're looking at that as our core energy and how that translates. 
We're merely beings centered in the heart. That's our core. So let me say something about that because, <laughs> you know, I, I can now put my awareness inside my body. I, I move my awareness through the connective tissue. That's what I believe because I can feel it release and hear it release. So I know that's, that's something. Um, and I, but I can't tell if I'm putting it in an organ or not. Right? I just know whereabouts in my body I'm putting it. And I, I'm, I'm drawn to the place with the most tension which then I work with and release. But interestingly, I've never actually felt anything significant about the heart area. Now, it might be that I haven't got there yet, right? So um, what I'm experiencing mostly is in my head, which I believe is actually the, the holy land. and uh, so It's land that's full of holes. <laughs> so that, that, to me, that's where most of the energy resides. But, you know, time will tell. I'll see if I actually feel anything in the future. You look at the role these integrated systems play, and we look at the state of coherence, which is all of our body signatures, our body systems working together. So often I feel we can form that disconnect in this struggle, not only with ourselves, but throughout society. You know, does the heart rule? Does the brain rule? You know, are we overthinking? We're starting to form all of these resistances and struggles rather than bringing this back together. Absolutely. All those resistances and struggles are stored in the body. They're actually stored physically in the body. So that's when, when I was talking about, I believe the soul resides in the connective tissue and it gets, it gets stuck in place by this tension that we're holding inside by the resistance. The resistance I think of actually, I mean, I can feel the physical resistance, almost like electrical resistance inside of us. And if we let go of that, even around the thoughts, right, the thoughts that it's all um, heart energy or, or brain energy, whatever resistance we have, and it can be as subtle as a thought like that, that might have resistance underneath it. Once we let go of that, that is releasing the soul. It's releasing all those organs in the body to work in synchronicity. We look at that from the level of heart rate coherence. Heart rate variability being you know, one of the key ways we can logically measure this. You know, We can see where the heart rate is going. That determines where blood's throwing throughout our body, how the vagus nerve is connecting to our brain, translating all of this interaction that forms the interactions in our internal organs. It's that key measuring factor of influence at play rather than an Increased state of gain, we look at coherence and consistency. That effective state of existence is driven by consistency. I feel so often we look at this aspect of life where we're looking for better. There is a subtlety between looking for better and, you know, I, I look for better all the time, but in order to get there, I have to fully accept what's happening now. Right. So that, you know, sometimes when you're looking for better, you're living in the future and you're not accepting the now. So you never actually get there. But if you know in your mind, you, you know, you're looking for the future, you're looking for better. But to get there, I have to fully accept my present, what I'm feeling right now, the resistance I'm feeling right now to let it go. Then we can actually get better. And there's a subtlety there that takes some work to understand. Let's look back within and deconstruct that to relate to your experience. Okay. 
deconstruct that what I just said. <laughs> well, yes, I mean, I did along my path. I, I you know, tried all sorts of things. And one of the things I tried was the positive thinking thing. Right. But I realized that it you know, didn't really work because it wasn't my truth. Right. So I was wanting change. I was really, really wanting change. <laughs> Positive thinking did not work. And I realized because in that moment, you're actually suppressing what you're actually feeling and thinking when you're trying to think something else. So I had to get to the point where I could start to fully accept exactly what I am feeling or thinking right now. And the tool I used was EFT because I went to a doctor's appointment. He asked me what my stress level was and it was an eight out of 10. And yet I was... I was a stay-at-home mother with two young boys, so it shouldn't have been that high. But it was because when I was 19, so two decades earlier, I had walked in the bathroom one morning and found my mother dead on the bathroom floor. Mm -hmm. And it was a, it's a huge trauma that I had not dealt with. So the tears from that event were still just under the surface. So he worked with me with this technique called EFT, short for Emotional Freedom Technique, also called tapping. It's very simple. And he worked with me for about 15 minutes and I walked away from that experience, being able to tell a story in my mind without the emotions arising. So it felt magical in a way, right? Because I've been living with this for 20 years. So I, I worked with it more and more and I went back with my whole history and I released all the emotional feelings that I had suppressed for all those years and my mind started to become quiet so that whole process was just fully accepting how I felt in the moment. So to get to, to historical events, I would have to put my mind back in that moment of what was happening, yeah. <laughs> you know, and then, then it's in my body in the present moment. And then I had to fully accept those feelings. And when I did, they would release and let go. And I realized it was actually a permanent change. And that's what I was so wanting. I was wanting a permanent shift. I didn't want to have to meditate every day. I apologize for those people who like to do that, but I didn't want to do that. I wanted a permanent change. So it was fully accepting anything in the moment that allowed it to shift and was a permanent shift. So how do you, if you sidestep meditation, what is your process for bringing yourself into that awareness? Yeah, it's, it's interesting. So, I mean, if someone was looking at me, they would probably think that I was meditating, <laughs> but I'm actually very busy on the inside in my sensing mind. I'm feeling, so I'm actually out of my thinking mind. I'm, I'm, I can actually multitask now so I can do this. I can think, I can do things while I'm also on the inside feeling, but I'm feeling the sensations, feeling the tension on the inside holding my awareness on it until it shifts. So yeah, someone might think that I'm not meditating. Somewhat a modified form of meditation. There's a lot of conflicting belief in not only meditation, but throughout life <laughs> in how we think and do these. You know, So it's essentially whatever you want to call it, bringing that awareness back to the body. That's also kind of a key element and proponent of what meditation is designed to do. Right. Absolutely. And there are some forms of meditation, I believe, that do a similar thing, right? That they're actually yes. feeling in the body. So, yeah. And what I believe, I don't mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with meditation. I do believe <laughs> it's actually, it's actually beneficial because in that moment, you're in a state of relaxation. And, you know, I think of the law of attraction as working every second of every day. 
and it's based on our signal that we're emitting. So if we're sitting in meditation and we're feeling peaceful, that's our signal. So we're going to attract back into our future more peace, right? More peaceful feelings. So absolutely, there's benefits to that. I just wanted to go, I wanted a permanent shift, right? So I'm actually changing my base signal. I'm changing that tension stored in my physical connective tissue so that my signal is different. Each time I do it, my signal is different. That again relates us back to that heart rate variability. When we're in that state, our heart is regulating where that beat, that energy rate is going. As we become more coherent, more in alignment, you know, we're able to sense that as you have illustrated here, we're able to gauge where that flow is at. You know, it is varying depending on our experience. You know, we're not ever 100% set. We are able to go back and regulate that with a greater effectiveness. But as we interact with others, there's going to be variants. You know, we're going to be sharing energy space with others. We're going to be sharing energy space with our experiences. So that variability rate is gauging and monitoring where we're at and sending those impulses out into our being. Interesting. Yeah. I, I want to bring it back to one word you said there, which was <laughs> alignment, right? Uh, you mentioned the word alignment. Yes. I want to share this because I haven't shared this before at this level. So the alignment is a word we hear quite often in the spiritual community. Um, it's something Abraham Hicks talks about a lot. And I, I've realized it at a deeper level. So, so yes, alignment is a really good thing. And what does alignment in terms of thoughts mean? It means when we're thinking something, we actually want to feel relaxed in that thought in order for it to be in alignment. So at this point, I've actually found alignment at a, a deeper level, right? Because this work I've been doing on the inside has been releasing tension in the connective tissue. And I've actually had a recent x-ray in actually it was just after we connected in August of last year, when the bones in my skull have actually moved more into alignment, right? My eye sockets have aligned, my jaw, which was way off, has come more into the center and my neck has straightened. So on a physical level, my base signal has actually changed more into alignment itself. So, you know, I know from a very deep level that this process of accepting at each level is actually really very powerful. To me, that relates to the common vernacular of expansion or higher consciousness, heart expansion, to me being a key element of that. You're looking at that area of where that monitoring and flow of energy is targeting at, you know, relating that back to this common experience we're sharing. We're looking at that being those often kind of eluding states that people seem to struggle so much with. Is it really that difficult or are we just conditioned to believe that? It's a pattern we're given even throughout reinforcing that. Well, it's change is hard, becomes a pattern belief that we're just simply regurgitating and resharing with each other. That's possible. Well, but I actually know that it is that hard. I know how much tension I have released over the last decade and a half. I mean, when I first was able to put my awareness inside my body, inside my head, there was so much tension in there that I had no idea before that I had. Just crazy. I mean, so much pain in my left cheek that I could hold my awareness on it for maybe a second. Mm -hmm. And then I had to let go. 
So my whole body was pulled out of alignment before I had to have had or have scoliosis. So it was fully out of alignment. And that was so much pain inside of me mm-hmm. that there was no awareness of before. So now I'm working to release all of that at a deeper and deeper level. So yeah, I know that it really is hard. Let me tell you one story that um, I really believe it explains this expansion of awareness. So before COVID, I had a group and we'd, we'd meet and tap each week. And at the beginning of the group, we'd all sit in a semicircle with our eyes closed and I would play a series of chimes. And then we'd open our eyes and everyone would share their experience. Now, the people with the least awareness could only hear the chimes with their ears. Now, some people could hear it with their ears, but also feel the vibrations in parts of their body. And on the other extreme, there are people who could actually feel the sound vibrations throughout their body. So that's a range of awareness. The people who could only hear it with their ears, they think they are fully aware. They don't know any different. The people who could feel it, they think they're correct too. They always think they're correct. They think their experience is the experience. But can you imagine the difference in experience of everyday life, of hearing people talk, right? There's people out there who only hear the words. And then there's people out here there who feel the words, feel the vibrations deep inside their body. It's a very different life experience for people along that spectrum. So there really is a big depth a difference in awareness and to get from one, I was at that one end where I could only hear with my ears. And now I'm at the other end where I can feel music and vibrations throughout my body. So I know to get from one to the other takes quite a significant amount of work. Looking at that, I'm curious as I lean into this idea that comes to mind of the sensates where they can hear the music and then also see that music in collars. You know, they have actual perceptions of, I see purple when I hear this. You know, as I hear people speak, you know, I see red or I'm seeing yellow. And relating to that and how that might be, what then is deemed sensing auras in people and energies in animals and plants. To me, that's that's a really interesting area that I feel we don't spend enough of our time concentrating on. Yeah, it would we be could... really interesting to talk to them, yeah. to, to, to talk to them at this level. And, and what else are they sensing? Right? They just in their eyes looking at the colors or do they feel things differently? It would be really interesting. One or the other, you know, because I've gone from one end of the spectrum to the other, what we experience on the inside, right? We know that phrase yeah. as within, so without, right? So if we have this deeper awareness on the inside, we actually have a deeper awareness on the outside as well. So now I can sense tension in other people because I can sense tension in me. And that wasn't something that I had before. Now, that's interesting when we see that and we can actually observe when that comes into being. There's also a dividing line there that how much of that tension becomes our own inner projection onto another. Sometimes we're sensing our own internal tension and then projecting that out to another. It could well be. Yeah. And one of the the things I like to say is our part of every equation is how we feel about it. 
So yes. if, we're, if we're sensing tension in someone else, if we're watching the news and we're feeling emotions around it, right? if, or if we're listening to an argument, doesn't matter that the argument's with other people. If we're feeling anything, that is our experience that we can work with. Right? That's, that's our resistance or our, our fear, whatever it is, that's what we can always work with to let it go. When it comes to mobile service providers with their high rate plans, extra fees and hidden cost or expenses, many of the big name networks leave a bad taste in your mouth. Mint Mobile is a new flavor of mobile network service, sharing all the same reliable features of the big name brands, yet at a fraction of the cost. I recently made the change to Mint Mobile and I can't believe the monthly savings allowing me to put more money in my pocket for the things which truly light me up inside. Making the switch to Mint Mobile is easy. Hosted on the T-Mobile 5G network, Mint gives you premium wireless service on the nation's largest 5G network. With bulk savings on flexible plan options, Mint offers three, six, and 12 month plans. And the more months you buy, the more you save. Plus, you can also keep your current phone or upgrade to a new one, keep your current number or change to a new one as well, and all of your contacts, apps, and photos will seamlessly and effortlessly follow you to your new low-cost Mint provider. Did I mention the best part? You keep more money in your pocket. And with Mint's referral plan, you can rescue more friends from big wireless bills while earning up to $90 for each referral. Visit our Mint Mobile affiliate link at thelightinside.us forward slash sponsors for additional mobile savings or activate your plan in minutes with the Mint Mobile app. looking at that aspect of what we believe we feel from others. You know, emotional aperture is this lens by which we measure these experiences. The lens by which one often views the experiences of others as well. It's that projected belief we have based on our own internal feelings. Right. So it's based on, on how we've been programmed. That's what we expect. That's what we're thinking we're seeing or feeling but we can always work with it right that's what i realized you know it, it's always me so i can work with that feeling so I, it doesn't have to be working on my past experiences and letting that tension go it can be working on what i'm experiencing now so you know for a long time i stopped watching the news and i think that's a good thing for people on this journey but i got to a point where i had I had worked out all my a lot of my stuff, you know, not all, all of it. I don't know when we'll get to all of it, but I'd worked through a lot of it. So I started listening to the news again because I wanted to see what triggered me. I wanted to feel that feeling and to release it because that's to me, that's spiritual growth, right? I'm I'm expanding my awareness and letting go of the resistance. And when I do that, my awareness expands. We look at that state again, where we're getting back to that emotional self-regulation, where you can watch things in the world, in the environment around you, simply as the aware observer and objectively just accept things for what they may be. Right. To me, the goal is to become imperturbable, 
but there's two different <laughs> ways of living in that state, right? There's, there's the way where you suppressed it all and you just don't want to look at it, right? Or there's the way you've seen everything, you've released your emotions around it, you've released that tension, and then you're truly living in an imperturbable state. You know, we look at that state of ease and acceptance. That brings me back to this notion of Hebb's Law. I know we shared that a little bit in some of our early interactions. Hebb's Law proposes that every time you respond to your familiar reality by recreating the same mind, that becomes hardwired in your brain and you match that response with what you're custom with, whether that be the positive result or the negative result, you then start to mirror that gets embedded in what are known as our mirror neurons in the brain is this area where this reflection is stored. It's just simply a reflection of what were patterned and conditioned to believe is the natural response. Yes. <laughs> and I, I hadn't heard of it before, so I looked it up. Yeah, my interpretation is slightly different, and you might need to you know, explain. Let's, let's hear how you relate to that. You know, I know this is kind of a, a curve because I took you down a little bit different path with that. Yeah. So I believe that we are we're programmed in childhood, and then that is the signal that we emit. So... Mm. We attract things back to ourselves based on that signal and we react. If we keep reacting the same way, we are creating, recreating the same mind. So that sounds similar, right? So we can, if we really want to catch our reaction. So we don't have to recreate the mind. It's just our automatic pattern lives in our subconscious mind. We just do the same thing. We react the same way because it's our normal. That, that signal, that base signal of, of ours is attracting the same thing again because it wants to feel the same way. It wants to feel that normality. So the way, you know, the way to change that, and it's, it, it's subtle work at the beginning because you have to become aware of your reactions, but you can change that in the moment that you're reacting. And then that changes that base signal. It changes that base in those mirror neurons. It must change those neurons somewhat to release the tension. Then you catch yourself again the next time and it will be slightly different. The experience will feel slightly different. You'll catch it again. You do the same work of releasing that tension. Then your signal has changed. You emit a different signal. Next time you attract something slightly different. You do the same thing right? and eventually you won't attract the same experiences anymore. And I imagine those mirror neurons will have uh, disintegrated, changed, changed, changing. They're not going. Hopefully, your your mirror neurons aren't disintegrating. <laughs> That's where all that information processes. So, hopefully, we're developing a more empowered way of interacting with them. <laughs> well, it's just like the it's like the memories. Once you do this work, the memories don't actually disappear. It's just the energy around them has yes. dissipated. So, that's probably along the same lines. And that, I think, relates back to this notion of expansion, where we're not necessarily developing any more or less of what's actually creating the process. It's just that state of gain that we perceive as growth or evolution, however you want to frame it, just becomes a matter of programming again. You know, all of that. Yeah, I, I have my own battles with that because sometimes I'm pushing and pulling against this idea of what's positive growth. You know, what is betterment? 
And I think that can be beneficial if we don't create the limit behind it. If we free it and simply ask the question, what if? Yeah, this is really interesting to me. So now that I can put my awareness inside, right, so I can sense tension, which is the negative. It's, it's, It's stuff that's stored in there. So when I hold my awareness on the negative, it dissipates, it disintegrates, and I can see that underneath there is light and it was dark, right? So I understand at this point, it's just the negative that is stored in the body as tension. And I believe when we let the negative go, the positive is already there. This is why I love the name of your podcast, right? The light is already inside. It's just underneath the darkness. So I believe all we need to find is the darkness and let it go. Now we can work on the positive in that when we think of the positive, we probably have some resistance to it because otherwise it would already be here. Yes. So then we can feel that resistance and we can work with that resistance to let it go. Looking at that and relating, I'm sensing my own resistance rising sometimes in our conversation. I'm trying to force my perception one way and not opening to the space that's you. So looking at that and just relating it to this notion of somatic opening is that simple act of acceptance and awareness then inevitably moves us into a space where we're just allowing that light to shine in. Absolutely. That's it. It's it's (laughs) noticing that resistance, right? Now, a lot of people don't notice that resistance, right? So you have the awareness there, right? When I started this journey, I did not have that awareness. So you have that awareness and it's, it's catching, it's noticing that, which it gets easier and easier as you start doing it more and more. So (laughs) one of the things that helped me is realizing this law of attraction, right? That, That I'm putting off a signal every second of every day. So I'd ask myself during the day, How am I feeling right now? And do I want to feel this way again in the future? And normally my answer was no, I don't want to feel this way again. So then I would (laughs) notice how I'm feeling. I would actually put my awareness on how I'm feeling and I would do something about it. So I would use EFT, the tapping technique, or I would feel those feelings or even just take a breath, even just taking a breath and relaxing is changing my signal, right? It's letting go of that resistance. So and that really helped me along the way. But it's that awareness of the resistance in the first place is where we have to start to go. We look at the act of breath as such a crucial role throughout our whole experience. We take it for granted often. We aren't aware of it often where our breathing is at. You know, when we're tense, we're holding our breath. Till we bring that into our awareness and start to regulate that somewhat, we're at the mercy of it, you know, until we start to bring that breathing in alignment, balancing how our heart's beating, how the flow of our energy is going through our body, how our central nervous system is working, regulating all of our organs. That fact alone to somebody who's triggered by anxiety can become overwhelming until you learn to just simply accept all of these processes and say, it is who I am and why I am then, you know, you're able to move in a better flow with that. Yeah. And then using, you know, you had great words there. So if, if you knew how to use EFT, right, if, if I was someone with anxiety and I had those words, I would tap using those words. I would tap on the fact that I'm holding my breath. I'm aware that I'm holding my breath. I'm aware how anxious I am. 
And, and that's kind of a deeper level of awareness to be aware that you're holding your breath, right? Than, than to be aware that I'm anxious. So those are layers that you peel back. But, but yeah, I mean, our breath is so much of everything. I, I think we hold a lot of that tension in our breath. And that's why we're not able to breathe through it. And I, I knew that I held my breath a lot because of fear. And, you know, at this point, I now, I, I know I can breathe and I often do breathe now deeply into myself and I can breathe so much deeper than I ever knew was possible before. <laughs> and like I said before, as within, so without, I can actually see other people and how deep they're breathing into their bodies, mm. which is interesting because if they're, if they're like I was and they're hiding a part of their body, they're hiding a part of their being, they're not breathing into that part so you can see that in others too. You can see how likely they are to be telling the truth, right? That that is their truth coming out because if it's their truth, they're breathing fully mm. into their body. But if it's not, they're holding some of their breath back. Let's look at that. You know, I think that's a, a crucial, pivotal point here. Where are we aligning that with the other individual? Is it an act of discernment and awareness or is it an act of judgment and expectation. That's a fine line to me. It is. It Are is. you projecting has resistance? your emotional response there again, which is now this resistance? My emotional pattern of belief now becomes the judgment and expectation of another. Rather than I see you, I can witness that you have this resistance. I can resist that with my own pushback, or I can just simply accept it and say, what may I do to just simply allow you to be yourself? Right. Judgment versus awareness. Right? Yeah. Judgment has tension inside of us. Right? There's something we're seeing that we don't like or, or we're judging. It has tension inside of us that takes some awareness to become aware of. Right? I was not aware of that before. <laughs> I'm aware of it now. So, and, and accept uh, judgment versus, versus awareness. When you're just looking at someone and you can see what's going on, but you don't have that tension inside of you. It, it is, it's a difference that takes some, some awareness. <laughs> that word is there all the time. It takes some awareness <laughs> Good, to get there. Because that's where we're at. You know, when you're being aware all of the time, more <laughs> present is more effective for us. So if it's there all the time, it means we are moving into that state. <laughs> a lot of people don't think they should be, you know, um, talking through things that they're seeing, right? We, we, we feel like we shouldn't be noticing if this person is sick or this person has a disability or, or this person is crying, right? But we can notice that without judgment. I used to be very judgmental in my mind and I really disliked, I hated it. So I, I tapped on that. I, I take I a long time on I hate being Kept judgmental. It loose. <laughs> right? So let it go. Let's dislodge that because it's not serving me. That, that's, a, that's a great point for me to interact with. Are we moving into, I kind of lost it. <laughs> Are we moving into that state of our awareness? There, I've, I've got it back. Thank you for, for coming back to me. Where we're overthinking which is rumination, where we go through the same negative emotional cycle of processing versus just being aware and available. You know, that's a fine line where that emotional interplay comes in. Are we reacting with a pattern response? 
you're right. It is a fine line. It's very subtle. And that's, to me, that's where the tools that I used came in. Because if I, if I just think it through in that process, that moment of reacting, I'm actually emitting that signal again. And I'm going to get that again in the future. So I have to do something with that signal. I have to change it somehow. So, you know, EFT is a great tool. It, it did that for me a lot. I still use it. I'm also feeling, actually feeling those feelings and allowing them to be, to feel, if we're feeling that reaction, right? There's, there's, there's emotion, there's energy inside of you when you're reacting to something. If you hold your awareness on it and just notice it, and just hold it there, hold your awareness on it. I would actually hold my breath. I would actually become like a statue because I want to feel where those feelings are, where that tension is inside of me. And I was so good at suppressing it. I had, I had to learn how to express it, to allow it to be and allow it to pass through my body. And then I would take a deep breath. So breath is in that, that equation again. I'd take a deep breath and it, it would dissipate and I would feel it again. I would bring myself back to that reaction again, see if it felt the same, do the same thing. And I would keep doing that same mm -hmm. thing over and over again until that thought that I was reacting to no longer had a reaction inside of me. And then I knew that thought was free. It was no longer emitting a signal. And then I had changed the future. And each time we do this work, I believe we change our future because we change our signal. And therein lies any potential for growth, evolution, betterment, if we frame it in that reference. I like looking at that. Let's go back a little bit to that comment you made about becoming like a statue. In that regard, you know, we're relating back to a couple past episodes where we talked about the masks we often wear, those projected beings that we hide behind. You know, we become frozen and stuck in some regard. It's our facade. Yeah, it's that, that word facade, <laughs> and it comes it back to <laughs> comes back to what I was saying about right. We hold this in our our fascia, our fascia, which is our connective tissue, right? Connective tissue, so, everything and, and, that holds us together. When we're absolutely. falling apart, the sure awareness, the easiest way to signal that things are going south. You know, we're falling apart figuratively and sometimes very literally. Yeah, so we so in this work, we're actually feeling into those facades, actually holding that tension mm -hmm. there and allowing the facade to release. And in that process, right, the whole the body releases, right, the facial structure releases. That that's where I you can see, right? That's why the skull would release yeah. its tension in the bones. And I actually had my son measure me this morning because mm. I've been releasing so much in my neck. So I'm now 55 and I have just grown half an inch because really? I have released the tension in my neck sufficiently to stretch myself up. Mm -hmm. <laughs> now that's personal growth in a very real and tangible sense. <laughs> Let's talk about some of the other physical transformations you've went through as you've went through this process. Okay. Well, it, it's, it's a release of tension, right? Yeah. A release of tension throughout the body. So whatever is out of alignment will start to become into alignment, right? So my digestion, I had um, IBS for decades. My digestion is so good now. 
I mean, I've never experienced it this good before. So it's really nice. I take that for granted. I, I laugh with somewhat a grain of salt, you know, that how often do we take the time for awareness to simply say, my digestion is now so good. And for that, I'm grateful. <laughs> but I think a lot of these things, you know, that's why I say sometimes it's, it's actually the more trauma you have in childhood, the more capacity for growth you have because you've experienced one extreme. So you're really going to appreciate it when you get to the other extreme. Right? So, so um, yeah, I mean, I've had, I didn't know, I wasn't aware of, as I said, I wasn't aware of a lot of this tension I had. When I was born, I had my right foot up against my shin. Mm. So I had physical therapy and then I was adopted. So I didn't know that I had even had this in childhood. Mm. So it wasn't until I met my birth mother that, you know, she, she asked how I was. And I had no awareness of anything that had happened. But, you know, looking back, that could have been where the scoliosis yeah. came from. And it wasn't until I was able to put my awareness inside my face, inside the facade, that I actually became aware of that tension through the fascia all the way down into my right foot, all the way through my right leg, my hip, across my torso, into this left cheek. So that has now been releasing. It's not fully there yet. Um, so my scoliosis is straightening. I think that's probably why I've part of why I've grown half an inch. Right, my my neck straightening, my head's straightening. And you know, a lot of <laughs> a lot of change. I mean, you know, I used to talk about getting off. your head on straight, right? <laughs> Absolutely. My dad used to say, to, used to say, your head's not I'm on sorry. straight. I had to poke a little fun at that because so often we hear that and it can become a negatively impacting belief. We hear that parental thing, you know, he doesn't have his head on straight or that societal thing. He doesn't have his head on straight. If we internalize that with an emotional reaction can become limiting. Absolutely. And my We're dad always said, now, you're a pain in the neck. You're a pain in the neck. <laughs> <laughs> if we frame that in a better light, different light, I like to try to shift that toward different instead of better. We get our head on straight. It becomes a, a very good thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and you know, small changes. <laughs> small changes. Like I used to get up in the night, you know, if I had to go yeah. to the bathroom and I would be, you know, I had to steady myself. Right. Now, I jump out of bed, even in the middle of the night, in the dark, and I'm totally stable, right? So, which might be stability of the body more because it's in alignment. Yes. Yeah. So, all sorts of subtle changes can happen when we get into alignment. It's that coherence coming into a play. How is our total system starting to fall back into its natural order? Yeah, it's interesting. I have had some brain waves, some of those brainwave studies done. Yeah. And I have a lot of the gamma mm. raised naturally, like all yes. the time. I know they've done studies on um, people in meditation and have a lot of those brain waves during meditation, but not necessarily outside of meditation. So I tend to have them all the time, not just when I'm in a relaxed state. So mm. I, I do believe, you know, there's, there's those kind of changes as well. You're bringing that energy back into a play which is simply more effective. To me, it's inner peace. You know, that was always my goal was inner peace. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever it takes. <laughs> what a great state to be in. So often we're engaging things that disturb that peace. We're in that pattern, in that habit. 
I relate that back to a concept I always shared with my son, poking the bear. Don't poke the bear. Anything that you're doing, that kind of consciously or subconsciously is going to trigger a negative response in somebody else. Unless we're imperturbable, right? Because that's me me watching the news again, right? I'm poking the bear because I want to see what comes up. Now, early on, I wouldn't do that because I did not want to have those reactions. I was working on other stuff. I needed to get to the place where I was already peaceful enough that I could poke the bear so I could get further, pushing myself to get further. (laughs) Sometimes in order to see if that bear's going to respond, we have to make sure he's still there and alive. (laughs) it's all in how we frame it and how you choose to respond in my view of it being available simply accepts that things happen how i determine the result of that is all based on my subjective belief anyway yeah Uh, yeah and how i react to it (laughs) well what is it what is it what is it poking from my childhood right what is it poking from my past experiences Right? And if we've let those past experiences go, if we've let the emotions go, we're no longer pokeable. Right? No <laughs> Someone longer can pokeable. keep trying to poke us. My son, my <laughs> youngest son, does a really good job of trying to poke me. Yeah. He shows me all these videos of these incredible bicycles. He's into bikes. These incredible biking experiences, yeah. you know, accidents and things that happen. <laughs> and I know he's trying to, to get something out of me, which I take, you know, it's fine because I know that if it does get a reaction from me, that's what I need to work on. Yeah. I had an incredible biking experience of my own several months ago. It fractured four ribs and broke four vertebrae. Wow. Very, very telling that. Life sometimes rattles us and changes our perspective. Made me very aware of my somatic experience. Made me very aware of how quickly I could also heal that experience. You know, in the course of six weeks, I was back in the gym lifting weights. Now, had it went a little worse, I might not have been able to walk. I might have even met my own demise. Fortunately, I'm grateful that we didn't go that far south. You know, in that process, my mind state, I'm bringing awareness to my healing. I'm bringing awareness to being able to feel these sensations in my spine and my body, my connective tissue in the fascia, as you mentioned, might have also been signaling some of my own blocks and limitations. Bringing awareness to that healed that. And it's allowed me to kind of move through that without maintaining that sense of trauma around. Good. So you can look back at it now and not feel emotion arising inside of you. Yeah. 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 And I think a lot of times in our experience, that's a good example of how even in our own injury, we can get stuck with that experience and prolong that act of bringing that healing energy. Accident victims, we look at somebody that by all means, they've been counted out, but they bounce back. That framing of attitude guides a lot of that experience to heal. Right. So this can connect back to some of the things we've been talking about, right? So if me talking about bicycles connected to you in your experience, what you just, you experienced recently, right? So that, that memory is still there, but the emotions around it, you've, you've worked through. So you did not react with emotion. So the signal that you emitted as you were talking about it, was not that signal of 
fear and pain or whatever it was that you experienced at a time. So now there might be other people who listened to this or listening to it who do have a bicycle experience from the past and they're thinking about it and they are emitting a signal of pain and fear. So each of us are going to experience that differently, but being aware of that signal that we are emitting in that moment and attracting back to us. So anyone who's listening, who wants to learn EFT (laughs) or just feel those feelings, if you're thinking about something that's happened in the past, because you don't want to be emitting that signal, if possible, you don't want to be emitting the signal of pain and fear. So that's, that's your work to work through. If we can sit in peace with it, if Jeffrey can sit in peace with his experience, then we can all do it. I think that's, a brilliant point to kind of sum things up in today. How can we move toward this state of awareness, acceptance that simply shifts us into that kind of simple peace? Just what we've talked about. It, it, it takes willpower, right? It takes some will to want to become aware, right? I, I noticed when I went through that stage, I right, really, really wanted something to change. So if you really decide that I'm going to be aware of my emotions today, and then you, you might catch yourself once or twice. Oh, yes, I was aware that I'm becoming irrational or I'm becoming frustrated or I'm becoming angry. Just catch that awareness. And in that moment, then you can do something about it. But the first step is catching when you're becoming aware or becoming emotional. So that's the first step. It's not an easy one, but it gets easier and easier the more you do it. Just You're looking from a distance. You're actually watching yourself become emotional. You start to realize when those sensations are arising, when those responses are starting to form that triggered response. And it's not to say we discount them. It's not to say we don't respect and honor those feelings. We go right, back we do. to, to yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah, the, 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 the more you respect and honor it, the better the relationship becomes, just like anything else. Back to our often shared mantra here, think it, feel it, process it, release it. When that emotion arises, I'm aware of you. I accept you. I acknowledge you. I respect what you're trying to tell me. And then just yeah. simply allowing that feeling to be what it is without that need to immediately respond to. Absolutely. And, and absolutely, we don't want to suppress it. I, I think a lot of times we're told in childhood, it's not okay to hate. But if that's the feeling, then we want to accept it. So if, you know, if I was doing EFT, I would, I would tap on, I hate that. I, I actually spent a long time tapping on, I hate me, I hate myself. But I had to get to, I had to, get to that place where I could be okay tapping on that. And that, it just releases it. It releases the emotions around those words and, and inside of me. So, yes, when we're not suppressing it, we're not reacting out loud to someone else. We're actually noticing that emotion inside of us and allowing it to be okay. So maybe it's okay that I, I hate what I'm seeing happening out there. Right? Just allow that hate to be felt in the body. Mm. Because it's a set of physical sensations. If you can find them, it's stored in your body. And it's just tension inside that wants to be released. It's just stuck in there. It's just stuck energy that wants to let go. So our job is just to help it do that. So often we're inclined to just spew that energy out somewhere else, whether it's 
on another, whether it's on ourselves. We're just looking for that way to simply allow that energy to pass through. Yeah. That's because we're not aware. I mean, if I had known this information 20, 30, 40 years ago, life would have been very different. (laughs) There again, we don't always choose the path that brings us to where we're at. How we currently interact with it determines everywhere we go in the future. Absolutely. So that's why this work, even just doing this work a little bit each day changes our trajectory in the future. And, and, you know, we've got a long way to go on this planet. We, 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 things are, are being messed up right now on this planet, right? So things that we have suppressed, people are now saying out loud. We don't necessarily need to say them out loud, but we need to feel them, right? So if we're watching the news and, and one side of all these things that have two sides to them, if we feel whatever emotion it is that we're feeling, and we probably hate what one side's doing of any issue, right? We're, we're mostly divided that way. All we need to do is feel that inside of us and let it go. And we also will have some feelings about the other side of whatever issue this is. And we can feel whatever it is we feel about the other side of the issue and let that go. And when we do that, we can come together in peace. That's my belief. I want to frame that with a thought that just come to mind. When we look at that feeling of an emotion, especially a negative emotion, we're looking to express it. Express meaning to simply bring it out, to let it go. We don't always have to verbalize that as a form of expression. Great tool. You know, let's let's take this for instance. A great tool is just simply to write that thought down. It's now been expressed and released. Yeah, I've been working with that word quite a bit in my mind recently, right? Express. We've pressed it into ourselves and now we want to express. We want to let it out of ourselves. So yeah, there are multiple ways of doing that. I do believe that even writing it down doesn't necessarily... It does get it out of the body, right? It it passes it on. It's like kind of like saying it out loud, but we're writing it down. I don't know that that necessarily changes the physical aspect of where it's stored in the body, which I do believe this somatic work does. It actually removes it, from (laughs) expresses it from the physical body. Perhaps maybe that act of writing it down or simply speaking it to yourself starts that doorway to open, to let that light in, to then bring the awareness to the inner work. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's better than passing it on and shouting. That's a great perspective today to kind of shift. So we don't become kind of short sighted in our awareness and just say, but I've wrote this down a hundred times. We can then become caught in that pattern of behavior and belief that I've wrote it down a hundred times and I still haven't gotten to the core energy work. Right. And, and that's the power of EFT. It's a, it's, a, you know, it's kind of a strange technique. You're tapping on parts of the body, specific places in the body as you're saying something or thinking something, but it, it's actually letting the physical going. It's somehow connecting into the connective tissue yeah. and it's changing the energetic signature 
of whatever it is that you're thinking about or feeling. So it's working on that physical, as is that actually the holding yourself in a statue and feeling those feelings and just working with it and letting that physical, it's, it's letting out the physical emotions, the, the stuck energy. I love looking at that and how it relates to even say acupressure or acupuncture, where you're actually moving that energy state around in some physical manner that kind of triggers that response. You know, you're in that area where the energy meridian is, where, you know, the energy center and source is just simply interacting with it and bringing it into your awareness. Yeah. EFT is really a form of acupressure. We're actually tapping on the ends of meridian systems. So yes, it is. It's very connected. Yeah. And there again, it's, it's kind of like that little tap on your shoulder, tap inside, whatever that intuition that says, simply be aware, simply bring your energy presence here. That presence is kind of like a big old bear hug, (laughs) embracing something that needs that attention and just simply I acknowledge you. I accept you. I love you for what you are. And it's, I mean, there's that word, uh, you know, it's a different word this time, but attention, right? It's calling for attention. It's, it's stuck energy that's calling for attention. So we're giving it at tension, right? We're either holding it in tension and feeling it and letting express, or we're giving attention through the tapping, through the tapping on the meridian points. We're actually holding it at tension. And when we do that, it releases. That's great. I love that perspective. That gives me something that I hope our listeners take away today. I know that's really striking something in me today to, to hold on and at tension. You know, where is that source, that point of tension is the key. Yeah. I mean, with pain, right? Pain is clearly calling for attention. So, you know, people <laughs> think we, well, we need to not think about it, but, but to really let it go quickly faster. We want to actually hold our awareness on it. We want to hold it, give it our attention. And once it has your attention, what are you doing with it? You know, are you creating a greater, further source of resistance to it? Are you pushing it away, beating it up? Or are you treating it with that simple kindness, nurturing, and love that simply accepts it and allows it to be what it is? Absolutely. That's key. That, that was great. Yes. We're actually holding it just in our awareness. We're just accepting it for what it is and allowing it to be, allowing it to be okay. Now that can take the form of love. To me, love kind of has an opposite. It's not fully, a lot of us don't know what total unconditional love is. So when we think the word love, we're thinking of what we've experienced. So that's why I use the words just more, just just allowing it to be just totally accepting it for what it is. So that's just like holding awareness on it not doing it, not trying to push it away, not, 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 not saying, I mean, we, we could be hating it. I suppose if we hate it, that's okay. Right. Just allowing whatever it is we're experiencing to be okay. And when it's had the attention it needs, it dissipates. You have to experience it, you know, a few times to really realize that that is the case. I have a lot of people that actually don't believe me when I say this, but, but you have to experience it. And then, then, you know, That in itself demonstrates that level of resistance we often feel. How we're responding often signals where we need to be the most attentive to. That whole thing, when I look at that, and so often what comes to mind is I see this projected belief of 
whatever somebody deemed woo woo. You know, it's you're trying to find some way to unravel that. You know, your own disbelief is reflecting on that. Yeah, yeah. all of that <laughs> stuff that's out there, it's out there, you know. <laughs> and the further you push it out there, the further away from you it's going to go until you bring it within you and accept it, simply allow it to come into being. You're going to be resistive to it. You're going to struggle against it, but it still tries to find its way in. Yeah. So we need to notice our resistance. Yeah. For anyone listening, I used to be a software engineer. (laughs) So I come from an engineering background. So I I needed to know this stuff worked. So, you know, I tried EFT the first time I experienced it after the doctor's office. I had a 17-year-old cat at home that needed, he he was failing and he needed daily saline shots. And the first time I gave him a shot, my hand was shaking so badly. I was not going to be able to do it every day. I just, I was going to have to find someone else to do it. So I thought, okay, I'll try this out. So I tapped using EFT. I tapped on my fear of hurting my cat, my fear of the needles, my experience around the needles. And the next time the needle just slid right in, my hand was totally calm. So I knew at that point that this is very powerful. It doesn't look it. It's kind of a little weird, to be honest, but it's really powerful. So, you know, just just try it out for yourself on something small. (laughs) See that it works, right? Notice that it works and then, you know, keep going with it. Yeah, keep going. Baby steps are still moving forward. And as far as I'm concerned, that's great in our book. Well, I want to thank you. I feel like this has been such an interesting, insightful look today. And I've got some new things to consider how we connect and how we relate. I think going down the road that this is going to open a lot of doors for our program. So I thank you for bringing that light to us today, Anne. Thank you. It's been a great conversation. I love deep conversations. and This has been great. (laughs) Where can our audience go to connect with you, Anne? And learn more about EFT, because I know we've, we've opened that door a little bit, and also how to make some of these internal connections and learn it for ourselves. Sure. There's, there's multiple ways. I have a book I wrote called A Pathway to Insights, and it's the story, it's the steps that I went through that we've talked about today. And that's available you know, on Amazon, and you can ask your local bookseller to order it. Um, I've also got a YouTube channel. I have some videos about some of these things, including EFT and including feeling your feelings, the statue um, experience that we talked about. And I have a website, anhints.com, and I have a public Facebook page that I've been enjoying. Um, I've been enjoying putting things on there. So you can always contact me through that page. Fantastic. I am so grateful for you sharing this conversation with us today. I would love to do it again soon. That'd be great. Thank you. You're welcome. Coherence can be defined as connected, open, harmonious, engaged, receptive, emerging, noetic, compassionate, and empathic. The movement toward well-being is a movement toward integration. Coherence entails a flexible state of harmony that embraces the many aspects of neural functioning and interpersonal connections. As integration is achieved across the numerous dimensions of living, a sense of unity is being revealed. Anne and I have discussed how these principles have changed her life, both somatically as well as cognitively. Now we'd like to hear how you discovered both value and meaning in this episode. 
Leave us a voicemail with your thoughtful feedback by visiting the voicemail button featured at www.thelightinside.us or by visiting the voicemail link in our show notes. We welcome your meaningful support, giving us constructive criticism by leaving a review anywhere you listen to podcasts. As always, we're grateful for you, our valued listening community. I'm Jeffrey Biesecker. This is The Light Inside. Inside.